I'm excited about Jesus. I said, I'm excited about Jesus. I'm excited about Jesus. Amen. Today we're going to hear the word of God. Are you hungry for the word of God? I'm hungry for the word of God. Amen. So we're going to listen to the word of God. We're going to say, Jesus, just bless me, beat me. Amen. I want to be nourished. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, yesterday when I left service there, I was so hungry. Amen. I was so hungry. Amen. That we went to uh, something about apostolics. Amen. They always seek for a place to eat, you know. So we went to the cheese factory. How many like the cheese factory? You like that, Sister Kelly? All right. We know know where to take her now. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. I was so hungry, man. Let me tell you something. I used to see those plates pass by, brother. Steak, salmon. I'm getting hungry. It's something about when you're hungry, amen, you're, you're wanting, you're desiring. And that's how we should be for the Word of God. Because that nourishes us, that feeds our souls. God knows exactly what you need. God knows exactly what you need, and that's what He's going to give us today. But Sanchez, bring us the Word of God. Bring us the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, church. I am happy and I'm so glad. I want to thank Pastor and the ministry that give me the privilege to preach the Word of God. It is a great privilege to preach the Word of God. And as we uh, go along, we're going to go ahead and uh, turn to you, turn in your Bibles, John chapter 12, verse 24. It's before, it's um, actually this verse is after God or Jesus enters Jerusalem in the triumphal entry. And um, there's something on Jesus' mind. The Word of God says, St. John 12, 24 says, Most surely I say unto you, unless the grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Everybody says much grain. Amen. Let's just, uh, let's just pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for everything you do, Jesus. Thank you for your word, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord, talk to us, Lord. Talk to my heart, talk to my mind, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord, bless us, Lord. Bless your church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to read uh, this verse in uh, the version of the message. It says, listen carefully, unless the grain of wheat is buried in the ground, dead to the world. It is never any more than a, gra- a grain of wheat. But if it, it is buried, 
it sprouts and produces itself many times over. In the same way, anyone who holds on to life just as it destroys that life, but if it let go, reckless in love, you'll have it forever, real and eternal. Amen. As you know, in our lives, as we see our lives, we all just know everything that we know today, we just know how to live. Nobody has ever, uh, or as far as I can remember, I have uh, heard that anybody that comes from the dead, all we know is just life. We know how to breathe. We know that if we lack oxygen or if we run out of oxygen, that our body starts shutting down and we will die. That's all we know. But see, when we come to this passage and we uh, uh, learn about what Jesus said unto his disciples, see, before he said those words, Jesus uh, came in in a donkey, riding in a donkey, and the multitudes uh, were, were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is the one that comes. As a matter of fact, it says, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Hallelujah. And he, he was uh, on that donkey riding along, and people were just putting his, uh, their, their coats in the road, and they would get branches and uh, all kinds of stuff and just put them on the road. And uh, Jesus would drive up, or not drive, but ride on. There was no cars yet. So, but there was a purpose. There was a purpose of what he was doing. And then uh, he told his disciples, see, in the triumphal entry, Jesus enters with great victory. But knowing that he would have to do something that no one else had done before. That he would have to do something that was going to cause great impact to humanity. He had to do something in order to save his bride. For he is the second Adam. See, it started long ago. It started in the Garden of Eden. And... When the woman was deceived, when the serpent gave the woman that fruit to eat, she was deceived and she was lost forever. And Adam, he hadn't sinned yet, but then he took that fruit and ate it so he can be with his bride. And they were both thrown of the Garden of Eden. But now, Jesus as a second Adam, he had to do something in order to save his bride. The Adam died in the flesh. But now, Jesus will die in the flesh, but without sin. So now, 
He can redeem humanity. He can redeem that which was lost. And that's what he had in mind. And that's why he told his disciples. Uh, he told, most assuredly, I say unto you, lest the grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Hallelujah. He knew what he had to do. He knew that what was coming to him, although he, he didn't really want it to in his flesh, he didn't really want to go through it. But in his spirit, he knew that he had to go through that life. As we know it, sometimes we, we, we see it as just anything. I was telling um, a, a few people that, um, I don't know if it was uh, somewhere in the, in the group or somewhere, somewhere I said it. Yeah, I remember now. It was another church. I, I was telling these people, see, as we grew up, when I was in high school, when I was in the 12th grade, there was this, uh, this young man. And uh, he would tell uh, he would tell us. He goes, "I'm from Afghanistan." He goes, "He goes, you people. He goes, you people. You guys value life so much." He goes, uh, "When you see a dead body, you all get scared. You all starts going, oh my god, oh my god.' See, for me, that's normal. Over there in Afghanistan, when I used to go to school, when I was a, a, a like a fifth grader." I used to go to school over there, and I used to see a body here, a body over there, a body. I didn't think that, that, nothing about it. I just went to school. You guys are so dramatic. She, he goes, see, sometimes we don't value life. And what Jesus was doing in that time, he had a value in our lives. He was valuing not only our own life, but our spiritual life, because we all are spirit, mind, and body. So now, see, we all know just life, but there's another life. There's a spiritual life within us that we live every day. There's a spiritual life that comes out of us every day that it, it, although we don't understand it, but it comes to, to be, it, it deals with our character. It deals with the way we act. It deals with the way we, 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 are, we, we are, are, are established in life. See, and whatever happens within us, it comes out. And Jesus knows that uh, our days are, are just numbered. As a matter of fact, uh, Psalms 90.10s, uh, let's have Psalm 90.10 up there. It says the days of our lives are 17 years, 70. And if by reason of strength they are 80 years, yet their, their boast is only labor and what? Sorrow, for it is soon cut off. See, yeah, we, 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 we live 70 years. It is cut off and, and, and fly away. 
70 years, you know, we, we can work. 70 years, we, we can live life. And, and if it's God's, uh, for God's grace, you know, we sometimes live to like we're 80. And if God is very generous, we, we live like from 80 to 90. And if he really loves us, we live 100. <laughs> but see, sometimes we don't value life. And not only our natural life or our fleshly life, we, we don't value our spiritual life. For see, the days come and go. See, many people think of, think of this. The people who are 30 years old, they say, well, I got another, what, another 30 years to live. The people that are four years old, well, another, I got another, you know, they add another 25 to 30 years. The people that are, you know, so on and so forth. But what I want to tell you this, how much time do you spend sleeping? Cut those years off. That'll cut another, what, eight years, 10 years from your life? How much time do you spend working? Cut another... Eight, eight, ten years off from your life? How much time do you spend in traffic? Cut another five years of your life? Okay. How much of a really of a life do you have? Huh? How much? See, and that's what Jesus was, getting, was trying to get into. Time is precious. Life is so precious. And there's so much to do. And that's why he, he was told his, his disciples, you know, he needed to go to Jerusalem. He had to do something. And, and as we read Isaiah 1.18, you know, he knows that humanity uh, has always needs. Humanity is always in trouble. Humanity is always wanting. Humanity is, is always getting into trouble. And what he wants to do for us is for us to come and rest in his arms. That's why he said in Isaiah 118, he says, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Although your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Although they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Let's reason Come on, how much time do you have? How much time do you have? How much suffering do you have to go through? How much time are you going to spend looking for the answer when no other deity has it? How much time, how many books you're going to read on psychology just trying to fix yourself? How much time are you going to spend on the internet trying to look for a way out for an answer when there's no answer? For he has the answer to life. For he is the creator of life. For he is the originator of life. Hallelujah. Let us reason. There's nothing you can do for yourselves. 
There's nothing you can do by yourself. There has to be a mediator. There has to be somebody. There has to be a bridge that helps you go over life. Hallelujah. That's what we have to understand, that God, he has has provided a way. He has provided a way for us to see eternal life. He has provided a way for us to see him face to face. He has provided a way for us to go to glory. Philippi 121. Hallelujah. For me, to live is Christ, and to die is what? Gain. Many people think, oh, once you're dead, you're dead, and that's it. You, you've been defeated. Death has defeated you. You lost. You lost. And that's not the truth. When you're, when you're in Christ, you never lose. If you, if you are alive, you are winning. If you you die, you gain everlasting life. Hallelujah. How many of you say glory to God? For me, to live is Christ. Yes, if I'm going to live, I'm going to live for Christ. If I'm going to live, I'm going to live for his glory. If I'm going to live, I'm going I'm to live in a testimony of Christ. Hallelujah. If I'm going to live, I'm going to live for him. Hallelujah. And do his work and, and try to expand his kingdom and try to bring as many people as I can to his kingdom. For me to live is Christ. For me to live is Christ. We have to die in order to live. We have to die in order to live. If you die twice, you live eternally. If you only die once, you will die twice. Did you get it? If you die twice, physical death and and, and die to yourself, you will live for eternity. See, in the spiritual, we all think that living is is just living life, just living it up. You know, the, 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 the drunk man will raise up the bottle and says, this is life. The, the person in the bar will raise his drink and say, this is life. See, for many people, you know, that's life. But see, they don't see destruction. They, they, don't, they don't see that, you know, so much, so much people have lost their life on, 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 on the roads, you know, when being drunk. Many people uh, has lost their life uh, when, when people are in drugs, intoxicated, and they call that life. Hallelujah. There has to be a difference. See, when you come to God, there has to be a difference. And in first, uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 5.17, it tells about the difference. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new what? 
creation. Old things passed away. Behold, all things have come, become new. All things, not just, not, not just some things. All things in our lives. When we come to Christ, all things have to become new. Spirits, mind, soul, and body, hallelujah. They all have to be renewed in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Because we are new creatures. Many people think that uh, just the, the body doesn't matter. They'll tell you, they'll say, oh, the body doesn't matter. The body can, can be however, uh, however it wants. You know, what it matters is it's just your spiritual life. That's all that matters. Devil's a liar. You're correct, Pastor. The devil's a liar. I don't know who came up with that lie, but I think it came from the pits of hell. Hallelujah. Because if you want to be used by God, you have to be clean in the inside and clean in the outside. God will not use a vessel that's dirty. Hallelujah. So, all things, all things has to be renewed. Hallelujah. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. That's a new spirit. A, a, a new will. A, a, a new mindset. A new heart. The things that, that were important for me in the world are no more important for me. There's one more important thing for me. It's just to see his face one day. Hallelujah. To do, to do his work and to see his face one day. That's what's important to me. That's what I'm striving for. That's what I want to do. I want to work in his kingdom. Yes, I have to work in my job over here. But you know what? That's just to give to his kingdom. That's just to expand his kingdom. And that's what we have to see. That's what we have to do. We have to become new. We have to become new. You don't, you don't die for, for or you, you don't live for yourself anymore. Spiritually, spiritually, you live a brand new life. A life in love. And your life is transformed. Your, your, our lives have to change. There has to be a change to, to those of things that sometimes take our time, to those passions of our bodies, those passions of the flesh. Because the flesh, the flesh is always sick. And the flesh always wants to do whatever it is feels good. Isn't that the mentality sometimes? Oh, whatever, whatever feels good, that's, that's what you need to do. Huh? Devil's a liar. You know who said that. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, do whatever your heart says. Do whatever your heart says. See, Jeremiah tells me that the heart is most deceitful. Most deceitful. And, and it's most perverse. Who knows it? God says, I know it. I know the heart. Because I look into the heart of everyone. We can't trust our heart. We cannot trust our heart. What's the only thing can we trust? 
If I'm a new creature, if I have a new life, what can I trust? You know what? The only thing you can trust is the word of God. Lord, the word of God has the answer to life. Hallelujah. It is the roadmap. It, it is the way that Jesus said, for I am the, the truth, the life, and the way. And nobody comes to the Father without me. You want to live? You have to die. Huh? Sounds like a, like, like, like a paradox, doesn't it? You want to live? You have to die. Yes. You got to die to yourself in order to live for Christ. You got to die to yourself in order to, to gain that eternal life. Hallelujah. We have to die. Let us see 1 John 2, 16. All that that is not of God, for all that is in this world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. Wow. Can you understand that verse? For, listen, for all that is in the world, and, and it's not talking about this, 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 uh, the earth, this world that, that you call earth. No, it's talking about the mentality, the perversion of man. And when I'm talking about man, I'm not just talking of the masculine. No, I'm, I'm, I'm talking of, of mankind in, in, in whole, in its whole. For all the perversion is the, the lust of the flesh. You know, you, you, you see a program in, 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 in the TV, and there's always perversion in it. It's either by subliminal message or just write out perversion. There's no more clean jokes. Everything, everything has perversion. Everything has lust. They sell you a hamburger, try to sell you a hamburger with the lady in bikini. What does that have to do with it? But see, it's the lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. And, and, and the devil knows that by catching the, the, the attention of the male, catching the attention of the male's eyes, it's going to go to his brain. It's going to go to his mind. And after it goes to his mind, it's going to come out to his feelings. And it's much more easier for him to act upon it. The devil knows that. And after he gets hold of the man, the woman says, well, I can do the same thing. If you can do it, I can do you. I can do you better than that. And, and it goes, it's a cycle that keeps going. And, and humanity... It's lost in perversion more 
and more. And now, now it's not only men that, that are doing it. Now there's women. I remember, I remember once I was riding the bus to, I was riding the bus home. I had gotten the bus. I came out of school and I was on the bus. And, and this young lady, she had this magazine. And it had naked males in them. And, and, she, and she was telling the, the guys. And I was in, I was in, uh, uh, um, in wrestling. We, we were in sports. And, and it just uh, a lot of people that you know, were, were in sports were in that bus. And, and she goes, hey, you guys, I want to see a picture of you guys like, the, like this. And she opens up that book. See, that's a perversion. That was back then. I, I'm talking about 30 years ago. 30 years ago. And now, with all these technical or technological advances, there's more perversions. So we need to be cleaned. We need to be become a new creature. We need to become a new creature. Galatians 2.20. We, it talks about, we, we, come, we, we have to have an encounter with, with God. We have to have an encounter. I have been, says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hallelujah. That, that is love. Who loved me. Christ that loved me gave himself for me. I live it in him. I don't have to feel alone. I don't have to feel that I'm afraid. Because a lot of people say, you know what, if I get baptized, I'm afraid I'm not going to make it. If I get baptized, if I give my life to God, I'm afraid I'm going I'm to fail him. And a lot of people are saying, you know what, I don't really want to get into church that much, you know, because I'm afraid, you know, I, I, might, I might lead somebody astray. You know, I, I'm afraid. There's nothing to be afraid. When you have Christ in your sight, there's nothing that you have to be afraid of, for he has the control of your life, for he will be your pilot and you will be his co-pilot in life. Hallelujah. There's nothing to be afraid when you have God on your side because he is the majority. No matter what people think, no matter the mentality of, of life, hallelujah, no matter the mentality of the world, God, it will be always on your side when you dedicate yourself to him, when you give yourself to him, when you die unto yourself and you tell him, I want to live for you, oh Lord. I want to live for your honor and your glory. Please help me. He will come. He will be with you. He will save you from trouble. He will save you from danger. He will save you from the enemy for he has promised to be with you for all your life, for all your life. You don't have to be afraid of him. You don't have to be afraid of him. Hallelujah. You are more than conquerors. Tell your neighbor, I'm more than a conqueror with Christ. What does that word mean? What does that mean, more than conquer? Huh? What does more than conquer mean? More than conquer. I am more than a conqueror. 
See, now we use the analogy of the, of the boxer. See, when the boxer goes out and he boxes, you know, he, 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 he goes round one. He goes toe-to-toe with his, with, the, with his opponent. He goes toe-to-toe and he gets beaten, but he get, doesn't get beaten down. And he goes back out the second round and, and he's there. And he, he, he starts with his opponent, and, and, and he gets a few punches in, but he gets a few more punches in, too, for himself. It's a give and take. Some of you didn't get it, but. And, and, and he goes, he goes the third round, and still, he's, he's taking punches in, but he's always punching out. And, that, and, that's, that, and that's the Christian life. See? He goes to round number 12, and at the end, uh, at the end, you know, he, 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 he slaughtered his opponent. He knocked him down. And at the end, they tell him, you are a winner. You are a winner. He raises his hands. Yes, I am a winner. And then they come out and say, here's your payment. You got so much money. Let's just say $100,000. Here, here's your $100,000. You are a winner. You are the conqueror. You defeated this opponent. Here, there you go. And that boxer, he takes the money. And he takes it to his sweetheart, who's at home waiting for him. And he gets that check. He's the conqueror. But when he gives that check to his sweetheart, to his wife, she is more than a conqueror because she didn't have to fight, but she won the price. And that's the analogy, more than a conqueror. The church is more than a conqueror because Jesus died. He paid the price in the cross. He died for our sins, and then he gives us life. And now we take that life and live for him. And when he comes in the skies, when he comes for his church, we'll be more than conquerors and live with him for an eternity. Stand to your feet. We are more than conquerors. We don't have to live. We don't have to live in in fear. We don't have to live in fear anymore. Because he conquered death for us. And now we can live for him. And in this moment... I want you to close your eyes. I want you to think, what must I die? What things must die in my life for me to get closer to to the Lord? What things must die in my life? What is it that is keeping me from having a relationship with my Lord? What is it that keeps me apart from God? What is it? What is it? Life is too short. Life is too short. And and, and now, 
This preacher's telling me that I can have, that I can have life in abundance with my Lord. But what is it? What is it that's holding me back from having that everyday communion with my Lord? I want to see you, Lord. I want to see you when you come for your church. When the final trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ rise up and take off and they take off into heaven. I don't want to be left behind. I want to go with you, Lord. But see, whatever is holding me down, I have to die for that. That has to die. I cannot go, I cannot go on living this way. I cannot go on sinning anymore. I cannot go on in this lifestyle. I must change. I must change to be a new creation. But what can I do, Lord? Just think of something, something that you have to cut off, something that must die. And I want you to come to this altar. I want you to come to this altar right now. When you come to this altar, just close your eyes. Keep your eyes closed. Keep your eyes closed. Come to this altar. There's a small group. I want to ask everybody to come to this altar. Everybody. Just come to this altar. Keep your eyes closed and, and just keep thinking. What must die in me? What must die in me? What is it, Lord, that keeps me from having a full relationship with you, Lord? What is it that is keeping me, Lord, from your presence? What is it, Lord, that, that keeps me from praying, Lord? What is it that keeps me from reading your Bible, God? What is it, Lord, that keeps me from being connected to you, Lord? I know you're going to come for a church, Lord, that is called by the, upon your name. I know you're going to come for a church that has a relationship with you. I want to have a relationship with you. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him I want to have a relationship with you, Lord. I want you to take me when you come for your church. Tell him I don't want to be left behind, Lord. I don't want to be left behind. I don't want to be left behind. I have to cut off. I have to cut off all these things that draw me apart from you. Oh, I got to cut it off. I must die. I must die to this world. I must die to the mentality of this world. I must die to that. If I want to live, if I want to live in your kingdom, Lord, just keep, keep talking to him. Keep talking to him. Keep talking to him. Keep talking to him. If you want to promise him, promise him what are you going to cut off? Tell him, Lord, I'm going to cut off this. Just promise him that. From this day on, I will not do this no more, Lord, because this keeps me away from you. 
This keeps me away from a relationship with you, Lord. Tell him. Tell him, I'm going to cut this off. I'm going to cut off all these videos. I'm going to cut off all these websites. I'm going to cut off all these jokes. I'm going to cut off all this mentality, Lord. I'm going to cut them off, Lord. I'm going to cut off this attitude. I'm going to cut off, Lord. Because I want to see your presence. I want to see your presence, Lord. Yes, Lord. I want to see your presence. Invite him. Invite him to your life. Invite him to your life. Tell him, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Come into my life, Lord. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Invite him. If you invite him, he will go. If you invite him, he will go. He will not despise you. And he will not judge you. He knows. No, he will not judge you. He will love you, believe me. He will love you for he died for you, us in the cross. It's all about you. Yes. Yes. Yes, Lord. Things I've
Sanchez was ministering to, to our hearts. I was just thinking, if I could just overcome this and put myself over that altar and learn to sacrifice, and learn to sacrifice. Because you know, as scripture reveals to us, is not the old fashion of sacrifice. Because the old fashion of sacrifice was putting that innocent animal, cleansed, pure, without spot or blemish, over that altar. But Paul is telling us what he wants from us now is a living sacrifice. And he says, I beseech you there, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves a living sacrifice. I said, God, in order for me to gain, I've got to learn to sacrifice. If we can just tell God, God strengthen us. Because during the week we have prayer at 5.30 in the morning. But this week, we're going to start something new. All the men are going to be here at 5.30 on Tuesday. We're going to still have it from Monday to Friday. But on Tuesday, all the men are going to come. And whoever will. On Wednesday, all the women are going to be here. It's going to be a woman's prayer. 
But if you need to come as a man, you can come. But on Thursday, the young people will be here also. So I would like for you to make a sacrifice. And I promise you, you will be rewarded. You will be rewarded. Because it's all about the sacrifice. That you present yourselves a living sacrifice. Acceptable unto God. Let's do it. We're going to sacrifice. Say, I'm going to die. Some of you are scared to say it. I didn't even Say, I'm going to die to myself. Yes. That means that I'm going to deny myself. Deny myself. Deny myself. Deny those covers. Deny that comfortable bed. called resistance. Everyone say resistance. Would bring strength to an individual. Like Brother Ricardo, he went like this. It's resistance. You pick up those weights, you're resisting. And as you resist, you put strength and then that gives you more strength. And the spiritual is the same thing. Resist the devil and he shall flee. Get him off of you. Shake it off, Sister Blau said. Amen. So we're going to shake off that bed. Just don't fall. Amen. We're going to say, hey, I'm here, God. I'm here. Tuesday, the men. Wednesday, the. Thursday, the. I shall see you.